You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Simpsonville teaching pastor, Jason Thompson. We are uh, finishing a series called Under My Roof. And today's topic is going to be entertainment. Today's topic is going to be entertainment. And we're going to read this passage, and you may be thinking, uh, what does this have to do with entertainment? I will explain it eventually, okay? So hopefully it will make sense. But we're going to look at a passage in in Matthew 15 um, that Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees, which he deals with the Pharisees a lot in Matthew. Um, uh, It's interesting that Matthew records a lot of this because Matthew was a tax collector and the Pharisees hated tax collectors and they are constantly calling them scum and pointing out how evil they were and just the fact that Jesus hung out with these tax collectors bothered them. And so I I don't think it's coincidence that Matthew remembered and recounted a lot of stories where Jesus goes off on the Pharisees. And so it's just interesting to me and this is one of them that he does. So we're gonna be reading from verse one in chapter 15. Here we go. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why Mosaic law had a lot of rules, but this was not one of them. It wasn't that you had to ceremonially wash before everything that you put in your mouth, everything that you ate. But over the years, the religious leaders and the Pharisees, they added on to God's law on numerous occasions, and this is one of them, where you would have to ceremonially wash before you would eat. And Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. I, I am often intrigued and also uh, humored by the fact of the way that Jesus responds to questions. And uh, it never goes how the questioner wants it to go, right? He never just comes and directly answers the question. He, always, he often responds with the question, but over and over again, he takes it in a different direction. And this is one that, again, just leaving the Pharisees flabbergasted. And, and honestly, I'm sure very offended because here they're asking him a question, which it seems reasonable because for years, hundreds of years, it was taught that you, you wash a, very, a ceremonial wash before you eat. And Jesus is saying, eh, that's not, that's not important. That's not necessary. And at the same time, as they ask this question, which seemed like a reasonable question, he goes off on them on something that they are doing wrong. And what they are doing is, again, they, they cared about money. They cared about power and status, and they cared about money. And so as a result, over time, they would tell wealthy people or people that wanted to donate to the church, to the temple and to the religious leaders, that if they had parents that were hard off and, and, and not taken care of well, they could actually take their wealth and donate it to the church and not have to give it to their parents and that still was fine. And Jesus was like, how evil is that? One of the 10 commandments is thou shalt honor thy father and mother and you're gonna leave your parents destitute 
so that you can get all this praise for making a big donation to the church? No. You are basically, your traditions are dishonoring the word of God. You are trying to change and speak out against the very word of God, and that is completely unacceptable. You hypocrites. You care about hand washing, but you don't care about taking care of your parents. And so he just, he, they were not expecting this. And then he goes on. Verse 10. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then comes out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile Matthew largely covers the last year of Jesus' ministry. And I don't know how you can read the Gospels, especially the Synoptic Gospels of, of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and not sense Jesus' growing frustration. He has been teaching for three years a lot of the same stuff. And even his own disciples in inner circle, which he is sharing daily truth straight from God and teaching them the right way, the right path, and they are still not getting it. And so his disciples come over and are like, hey, Jesus, um, aren't you worried that you're offending the Pharisees? And he doubles down. He says, my father didn't even plant them. He's literally saying that they are not true believers of the one true God. He's like, these people will be pulled up by the roots because they do not believe in God. If they believed in God, they would believe in me. But they don't believe in me. They're clearly not of God and they will to a God that's not God because they're not actually serving God. So whatever it is they're serving, which is mostly themselves, but then this, this idea, this faulty idea of God is not taking them down the path of the straight and narrow. And he's like, don't, don't follow these blind guides. All right. But this, this, this verse 10 again, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. This is a seminal moment in the history of the world. Because this is the point, the first point in, in 1,300 years where God made it clear that it's okay to eat bacon, all right? <laughs> Honey-baked ham, coconut shrimp, 1,300 years of the wilderness where we were not allowed to eat those things. And this is the moment where Jesus says, it's okay. Nothing that comes into your mouth by food, it doesn't have to defile you. He even explains it further to his disciples. He says, anything that you eat with Peter and makes it crystal clear that we can eat whatever we want. But right here, he is already introducing the idea just the same way as he introduced a lot of things about the Sabbath and how we should be serving and living on the Sabbath. And, and, and breaking down a lot of traditions, he's, he's breaking down this tradition of what you can eat and what you can't eat. But this is not his primary focus. His primary focus is to guard their hearts. He is worried about their hearts. He's not worried about what they eat. He's not worried about hand washing. He's like, do you not understand? 
It's what goes in your heart and then comes back out of your heart that defiles you. Because once you speak it into existence, you kind of seal it in your mind and in your heart. And so once you do it, once you sin in all these different ways, theft and this sexual immorality and adultery and false testimony and slander, all these kind of things, once you do that, you kind of sear your conscience and you kind of seal it on your soul and you're really defiling your mind, heart, soul, and body. It's like, this is what I want you to guard against. I want to take you just, this is kind of a continuation of the same story, but Matthew is 16. Again, he's still dealing with the Pharisees. He's deal, still dealing with their frustrations. And again, I want, you, I want to double down this point that this is not, has nothing to do with hand washing. He doesn't care about that. His, his concern is their heart. It says this in, in the verse one of chapter 16. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. So Jesus is doing all these things. Um, he, he's doing all these miracles and then they keep on asking for a sign still because they can tell from Jesus's words and from his miracles that he is claiming to be the son of God or the Messiah. So they, they know he's making these claims and so they keep on wanting to test them because they don't, so they are looking for a chink in the armor, something that they can attack and so they keep on asking him for a sign. And he replied, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning, take today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. Whenever I read this passage, I always think of my grandma because she would regularly say, um, red in the morning, sailors take warning. Red at night, sailors delight. And I never understood what that meant, but apparently there's some scientific explanation why that is a legitimate sign of what the weather is going to do. Um, and Jesus is saying this, and apparently it was around for thousands of years, that people knew that this is just what tended to happen. Not every time, but this is what tended to happen. He's like, you can interpret the sky and the, and the weather and kind of predict what's gonna happen, but you can't predict that the Messiah is here like how many things do I have to accomplish for you to get it? How many people do I have to raise from the dead? How many crippled people do I need to be made whole? All right, how many uh, people that have leprosy can I heal? The blind are made to see. This is over and over again, I am fulfilling all of these prophecies that you well know and you're still asking for a sign. And he's like, you know what? The only sign I won't give you is a sign of Jonah and then just walks off. All right, just drops the mic right there. And so it's just, it's just it's, I love the way he talks, especially to the Pharisees. And so what he's talking about, the sign of Jonah, is like the, the whole idea of being in the belly for three days and three nights. He's like, put me in the belly of the ground, all right? Wreck this body, kill this body, and I will show you the only sign that you're ever gonna need, and that's when I raise from the dead, then you'll know that sin and death is conquered. And that you know that I really am the son of God. And so he is still, I think, you know, just bothered by the Pharisees and he responds this way. And then um, this is what happens with his disciples. Just again, clueless and unobservant. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. 
Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking amongst yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for your 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And this, it really, this just recently, if you had read through, through Matthew, you would see, yeah, he, he feeds the 5,000 and then feeds the 4,000. And one time he leaves 12 baskets left over and another time seven. And, they, and the symbolism there is the 12 baskets is one for every single one of his 12 disciples. So they're holding the weight of what Jesus can do. And then the seven is a summer, number, the perfect number, the number of completion. He's like, I can do anything. All right, and so they're up there like, what are we gonna do? We have no bread. Like, how could you possibly think that hanging out with Jesus? But you know what? We are like the disciples all the time. We have the Holy Spirit that has, gives us unlimited potential to do what God wants us to do. There is nothing that we can accomplish for his will. All we have to do is get in line with his will and there is nothing that we can accomplish with that Holy Spirit's power inside of us. At the same time though, we're like, how are we gonna accomplish this? What are we gonna do? Our finances are weak. You know, my relationship is having problems. I don't know what to do about work. Like all these things are meaningless when you have the power of the Holy Spirit working inside you. You just have to get in on his will. But what he is focusing on here, he's saying, don't, you need to worry about the teaching of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You have been living underneath this oppressive type of teaching that is faulty and not, not portraying God as he really needs to be portrayed. And so this is what I really want to, to, this is the first point I wanna pull out of this. What we put in our mouths won't defile us, but what we put in our hearts will. And what we put in our hearts is whatever environment that we are in. What we hear, what we're told, what we talk about, we can't escape our immersion into the world unless we are gonna do some heavy duty things to guard our hearts. And so I think about the working environment. I know this is not entertainment yet, but I'm just thinking about all the influences in our life. And, and hear me very clearly, I'm not telling you to go quit your job tomorrow, okay? I am not telling you that, all right? You need a plan before you do any kind of radical move, all right? But I don't know that most of us pray on a regular basis about where we're supposed to be for our work. It's like we get locked into a career or a job and we're like, we just... We just go to it. And we don't think about what God wants for us overall. And some of you might be exactly where God wants you, and that is beautiful. And the peace of that and the joy of that is amazing. But some of you may be in a toxic work environment where you are constantly having uh, terrible management or, or coworkers who's toxically speaking evil, profane things 
or negativity, and you don't realize how much it is affecting your heart. You can't be in a toxic environment for eight hours a day and not receive some of that toxicity into your heart. The only way you can get away with that, to do that day in and day out, is you will have to be supernatural in your prayer life. You will have to be just over and above in your connections. I know the pay is good, but I'm telling you, it is not worth it. If what is happening is your heart is becoming harder and darker. So I wanna challenge you to be exactly where God wants you to be. And some of you, what you do for entertainment is hang out with friends. And I just wanna challenge you to guard your heart when it comes to your friends. If you have a friend that constantly pressures you to do things that are against your conscience or that things that are good for you, that's a friend to cut out or to minimize in your life. Because you cannot control that toxicity and be strong enough not to have it come out yourself. When I was uh, younger, and my, one of my first jobs was uh, to work for FedEx Ground. And I worked my way up through the system and uh, eventually became a manager there in my early 20s. And I manager, and I, I love that job. Um, you guys would not like to know how your boxes were treated when I was at that job, but I, I love that job. Uh, just slinging boxes, you know, kind of thing. And so I think they do it much better now, I don't know. But uh, just uh, back then, we were just as fast as we could get those boxes out of the trailer and into the trucks, all right? But then I became management and I had to, to deal with, and one of the interesting environments that I, I had to, kind of was immersed in is I got put in charge of this, the Spartanburg line of trucks. And um, the truck delivery drivers, those guys are a rough bunch a lot of times. Uh, so I, at least back in, in my day in, in the facility that I was in. And so every day um, they would be talking about going out drinking and, and getting hammered and, and just the women they would sleep with and the strip clubs they would go to. They're constantly talking about this. And they knew I was like Mr. Goody Two Shoes, Christian dude. And then when they found out that I was getting married, I mean, they would just give me such a hard time. They're like, oh man, you're being stupid, Jason. Like, man, don't, don't go down that tra death trap, you know, kind of thing. And they were just constant negativity. And right, and now, it wasn't as hard for me to guard my heart because I didn't want the lives that I was seeing them live, all right? But if I was to take, and, and I only had to see them like an hour as they were like loading their, their trucks up in the morning. But there, I, I just wanted to run from them. But there were other people, the, even people that claimed to be Christians that would get buddy buddies and they, were just, they were just became friends with this and they would go out drinking with them. And one thing would lead to another and they would start talking just like them. And they started having this negative outlook. And I also hear so many stories about a, a working environment where a number of you know, the ladies in the office or whatever are, are dealing with toxic relationships at home or, or going through divorce. And so that negativity about men, negativity about men, negativity about men can infer. And you need to guard against that. All right, I wanna read one more passage before I kind of uh, talk, really kind of focus on entertainment. It's in Proverbs. It is Proverbs 4. If you wanna turn there, you're fine, or otherwise you can just listen. This is just great godly wisdom. And this is, I'm gonna start reading with verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity, 
Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the past for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. It takes intentionality to live that way. And what I think happens a lot of times is that we are so busy, so stressed, so tired, that we are really lax about keeping out the influence of the world. And I know this just by reading some of the numbers. And so I looked up some of the numbers, um, how often or how much TV the average American watches daily. It is five hours a day. And I'm doing the math, I'm like, we work, do we only watch TV after work? Is that the only thing that we're doing? Are we catching up on the weekends? Like five hours a day of television. But then I started thinking, you know, my wife and I binge a lot of Netflix. Like, I, mean, I watch a lot of sports, and I started thinking about just how much TV that I watch and how much my kids watch. Five hours a day. And again, I think what it is, is we're tired and we don't feel like liberty, all right, in what we watch and what we do and a lot of kinds of things. There's things that are obviously cross the line, but I think we have a lot of personal Christian freedoms. But what is the wise thing to do? How much garbage is too much garbage to take in? Whenever I think about that question, I think of the illustration, I'm sure you've heard some kind of version of it, but of the, the teenage son who wants to go and see an, an R-rated movie. It's like, mom, can I go see this movie? Well, what's it rated? Well, it's rated R, but it only has like a couple bad scenes. It's just, it's, just, it, it's like, it's mostly just violence. It's not, it's just got a few words and that kind of stuff. Oh, so what you're telling me is just got a little bit of bad in it, but mostly it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me think about it. And so that night over dinner, like she brings out like his favorite pie, all right? For me, it'd be coconut cream pie, right? All right, and so coconut cream pie, he's like, here, I made you your favorite dessert. Oh, awesome, I can't wait. And he's like, well, before you eat it, I just want you to know, all right, I went out and got just a little bit of dog feces and put it in the mix, all right? It's just a little bit, it's not much, but you decide whether you wanna eat it or not. If you do wanna eat it, you can go to the movie. All right, all right. So like, and it's so again. Like, I guess I'm not going to the movie, right? So, how much garbage is too much? And so, um, I clearly have very different musical tastes than, than Pastor Jeremy. I mean, he's up here talking about CCM. Like, the way I was raised, like CCM was of the devil. All right, that was just the same as rock music. All right, Christian. So. Um, so I wasn't allowed. So when I got immersed finally in high school into music, I went, I went right in the deep end and I liked like 90s alternative. That, that was kind of my jam, you know? So Jeremy's up here talking about boys and men and like to me, that's just one step away from NSYNC and Backstreet and that, that was not my thing. So, uh, so I was like, uh, I, you know, I was like Weezer and Radiohead and Third Eye Blind. And so I, I built up a big CD collection and over time, like in some of it, I mean, I really don't feel like there was a problem with it, but... Like the, the attitudes, the mindset, some of the language in it was just getting a little bit darker and darker and I was just like having less and less of a filter. And so like there was a finally like a dividing line. My, my dad saw my CD collection. He pulled out one called Meat Puppets and it was like, it, it was like the worst one he could have pulled out because it was like, like a guy in a dress and this was way before that was like a normal thing. And so... <laughs> 
and, and, the, and the title said, was too high to die. And, and was, he was like, what is this garbage? And I'm like, I will go throw it away right now. Like, so, so it was so bad, but like, we just ease, like step by step by step, we move the line and we allow more and more past our filter and we don't realize what's happening to our hearts. All right? I, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong to listen to something with profanity, but if you are that is against, you know, God's standards, all right? I'm not saying that it's bad to ever see something that, that's against God's standards of sexuality, but if you start feeding that regularly into your mind, it's gonna start coming out of your hearts, all right? You cannot let garbage in over and over and over again and think that garbage will not come out. It will come out. We have got to guard our hearts. And just like one of the things I've said many times, my wife and I like to do is watch true crime stuff. And, I, and a lot of that, like it wraps it up a nice neat bow, bow and, and like justice is served and it's, it's great, all right? But we started watching one show in particular that was called like Women Gone Bad or something like that. I don't remember the title. It was awful though it, it was it wasn't that much different than the other shows but like over and over again it was women that just went crazy and started like abusing their kids and I was like you know what like this is making my heart sick like this is like I was I was having dreams it was like it was just affecting my mood and all this kind of stuff you can't let that kind of streaming of garbage in and so one of the reasons I bring this up is because a lot of not I watch sports a lot but a lot of people will just almost like, I watch sports, you guys watch the news. And I don't get that at all, but there are people that will watch news for hours at a time. And I'm here to tell you, okay, that a half hour to hour needs to be probably your max of watching news, all right? Because they, they make their money on fueling outrage. They all have an agenda, and they're trying to work you up. And if you constantly hear a perspective of the world, perspective of the world, and I don't care which side, left, right, doesn't matter, they are all heavily with a heavy agenda. And it is, it is showing the worst parts of humanity to you on a constant basis. And so you cannot have a proper, healthy head in the sand be aware of what's out there, but choose your path. Read articles, go to sites that you are trustworthy. Don't just binge it all the time because it is gonna affect your mind and your heart and your soul. And you are gonna give one narrow perspective of, of events and things that's not gonna be healthy for you. And so this is my point number two. No, it took a long time to get here, but here it is. We need to increase our consumption of the word and decrease our consumption of the world. All right, increase our consumption of the word, decrease our consumption of the world. And so, and, and when I say the word, I mean that Jesus Christ, all right? He is the word. And so you can do that in prayer. You can do that in worship. You can do that in being with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ where two or three are gathered in his name. He's there, all right? But also getting in the word and reading scripture. If you wanna, we can't avoid the world. We have to go out there. Jesus went into the world. But you know what Jesus also did? He went away with his disciples all the time. He went up to a mountain and just the, meditating on the scripture that he wrote himself, he did these things to guard his heart. So who are we to think when we have sin in our life and are nothing like Jesus that we can go without guarding our hearts in this way? We have got to increase our time with our brothers and sisters in Christ and healthy community and fellowship. We need to cut off the influence of the world and embrace the word. And one of the biggest factors of how the world is getting into us is through our phones. 
All right, at the same time as, as it's about five hours on average for, for a phone, it's about five hours too. And you're like, how is that possible? We don't have 10 hours. Well, that's because we are literally on our phones while we're watching TV. This is happening. It's like our attention span is going down below goldfish at this point, people. All right. Like it is bad. And it's because we are constantly taking in new things, new things, flip, flip, swipe, swipe. We cannot live this way and be fully leaders are on their phone over nine hours a day. They are constantly on it. And I have to be honest, I, I regret the decision to give our oldest a, a phone in middle school, all right? It has been a different dynamic in our house since that has happened. And we have all kinds of safeguards on there. And he is respectful of our safeguards, but at the same time, it has changed the relationship dynamic because he's tied to that phone. And the same way, I, I want you to protect your kids as long as possible. But what has happened again, because we are tired, is we are not safeguarding for our kids. They are going in, we let them watch YouTube, we let them watch Netflix, we let them watch a Disney Channel, and constantly, constantly, there is an agenda that is anti-God and for the world. They are purposely sowing seeds of gender dysphoria, they are purposely sowing seeds of, of the word of God. So if we allow our kids to take in even cartoons that have not been thoroughly vetted, we are going to run into a problem because they're going to be fully immersed in the perspective of the world and not understand this perspective of God. So we need to be careful to safeguard it. We believe this so, so much that we're actually gonna kind of make a stand as a church and we are, are, are right now exploring the details of investing in right now media. And so you'll see this in a couple of weeks where we'll be rolling this out on how anyone in the church can sign up for this for free. We're gonna make it free. We're gonna pay for it. And so what it is, it is basically a streaming service where it offers safe kids shows, all right? It also has a huge library of Bible study. And so my challenge to you guys is, is to find a good, healthy Bible study Go through that with your spouse. Go through that with your family rather than binge watching some show that's gonna have an anti-godly vouch for everything that's on there. But they at least make an attempt. They make an attempt to like get rid of a lot of the garbage uh, out of there. But there are other options. Also, there's going outside. There is going outside and hanging out with people. Yes, come on. My wife and I just picked up pickleball. We've been doing, like, we like got addicted quick. Like we went from like never playing to have played like 10 times in the last two weeks. Like we're, we're obsessed. We're like, it's been great because the kids are playing on the playground. We're playing pickleball. It's like, we're not watching what the world wants us to know. All right. And so please take this seriously. The question I'm leaving with you today is this. What garbage do you need to take out? There's too much getting in, and already there's some in our hearts. So what do we need to repent of, and what do we need to cut off from influences, and what kind of garbage do we need to take out of our homes? Get out from under. For your scripture that, that shows us how to guard our heart and show us how important it is. And I pray that this will be a church that takes it seriously. I pray that we will not just hear this good advice, but I pray that we will actually be doers of the word that we will walk out of here today and we'll make some concrete changes. Lord, I pray that not a single person in this room leaves today without at least taking one step towards purity, one step towards guarding their hearts, one step towards 
filling their hearts with your word. Give us the strength. I pray that the Holy Spirit chastens us until we do it. And I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Church, as always, we'll have the prayer team down here. If you need anything, church, we love you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.